This show is brought to you by Female Alliance Media, by women, for women. Christy here, host of the Imperfect Creatrix podcast, the space that was created to share stories and to have meaningful conversations as it relates to health and wellness, personal development, and discovering what our soul truly desires. I am on a journey to heal from my past and to rediscover my true and authentic self. And by tuning in each week, my hope is that you begin to start imperfectly creating a life that is authentically yours. Be brave, trust yourself, and when you're ready, take action. Hello, and welcome to the Say It Out Loud podcast. I am your host, Christine Daynard, and the goal of this podcast is to encourage you to live your best and most authentic life by digging deeper and finding connection through vulnerability. I believe we have been taught that vulnerability is a weakness when in fact it is our superpower. In this space, I will share personal stories and conversations with others so you can be empowered by their strength and inspired to take action in your own life. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get started. Well, hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Say It Out Loud podcast. You've got me here, Christine D, and I have a really special guest for you. In fact, I would say a very playful guest for you. Um, in fact, she calls herself the playful warrior on social media. If you're not already following, you're going to need to after this conversation with Kara. I love this. P.S. Is it Kara? I noticed it's Kara Lata. Now, is that on purpose? Because it sounds a whole lot like I care a lot about you. <laughs> So I'm wondering that my very first question before you even introduce yourself is, is that your real name or did you stage that to sound even more awesome? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I wish I could say it was my stage name, but it's actually my real name. If we're being super technical, it's Lada, like Kara Lada, but I like to go with Kara Lada just because I do care a lot about the world and play and all the things. And it just sounds fun that way. So I feel like I can never change my last name. No, you can't ever. It's amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it. So on that note, Kara, would you do me the honor of uh, introducing yourself a little to our audience and, you know, a little bit about what you're about? Yeah. So I'm Kara, as you mentioned, and I care a lot about play and helping humans heal their inner child through play. And really my work is focused around perfectionism overcoming perfectionism and people pleasing so that people can find more play, find more fun, find more confidence. Uh, I used to be a mega perfectionist and people pleaser. I actually used to think it was kind of a good thing and this like badge of honor. And I thought, you know, it was one of my greatest strengths whenever I was like applying for jobs or it was in interviews, uh, but went on a long journey that I'm sure we'll talk about more where I actually really realized that perfectionism was causing me a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of low self-worth, never feeling good enough. And I actually realized that the antidote to perfectionism for me was play because play was the opposite of perfectionism. Play was open to taking risks. Play was okay with imperfection and making mistakes and had a growth mindset. It's like, okay, if I try something and it's not perfect, I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to get feedback. It's more fun and playful. And so Yeah, for me, actually inviting more play in my life has really changed my relationship with myself and my inner child and brought in a lot of healing. And so now I help perfectionists play more and connect to their creativity and confidence. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I was saying to you before we started chatting that this is our first actual connection in conversing. (laughs) And I would say in real life, but it's not exactly. It's in Zoom real life, but close enough. I'll take it. And I've been following you on Instagram for, I was, I was saying probably about two years now. And as I was sort of coming, well, I was in a business that I thought was bringing me joy. And I thought that I wasn't needing to be perfect in. And a lot of what you were saying was really resonating with me. And I was like, wait a second, this actually is making me miserable now. (laughs) I don't want to be there. And I want to find more imperfection and joy in something different. And so I'm doing more of that now, but you were really a source of inspiration for me, um, you know, during that time. And of course, a time in the world where everything was so weird and um, it was great to see another bright light out there doing her awesome work. I love celebrating other women doing amazing things. And um, so my very first question, of course, is, you know, you mentioned in your little intro that, you know, you were at a time and place where you 
acted as a perfectionist, that everything had to be perfect and it caused you a lot of stress. So can you tell us a little bit about sort of where you were at that place in time and how, how you sort of shifted that lens? How did you recognize in yourself that something needed to change? Like usually there's some sort of, you know, major life upset or like a huge hiccup or something that, that pushes us to, to make change. So I'm curious how that got started for you, if you can share that with us. So it definitely did start with multiple life events and everything just kind of going to shit, as some might say, or like a a dark night of the soul, as some others might say more in the spiritual world. Uh, But yeah, I was kind of like living with the status quo. And, you know, I was in a PR job for 10 years, public relations, and was extremely miserable, but I was doing quote unquote, well, and making good money and, you know, living for the weekends, essentially dreading Mondays, just like you know, living to travel and then dreading coming home and like on repeat, I think a lot of us live that way. And I just knew there had to be more. I knew as a little kid, I had these like big dreams and I wanted to make an impact and I felt so disconnected from that, but didn't know what it was for me that was. So I just kind of stayed comfortable and didn't really explore it because, you know, life was like, okay, it was, I guess, fine in some ways. And then in 2019, I, yeah, a lot of stuff happened. I first of all, had a cockroach infestation, which for some people, if you haven't gone through it, you don't realize how bad it is. Uh, It was very anxiety inducing. Uh, I had like depression from it. They were everywhere. Um, They were like, even in my bedroom, you would look up and they would be there. And like, I was a very clean person too. And so that was kind of like mirroring my life because I was going through challenges at work, um, was really unhappy there also was struggling with epilepsy and some other health conditions as well with OCD and anxiety. I had a serious relationship end as well. Um, And I was uncovering childhood trauma too. So life was just like really heavy. Um, I had been in therapy and uh, then I actually got let go from my job, which funny enough was like so unexpected, but also there was this feeling of like peace and relief because like I wasn't doing it myself and I needed this like little push um, that came with COVID like right in March, 2020. And for the first time I had this like space within myself to actually hear myself and what I wanted. And actually a prompt for play came through my therapist. So as I was saying, I was doing all this like childhood trauma work and inner child healing, but inner child healing for me, at least until that point was so heavy, always just like dredging stuff up. And my therapist was like, girl, you need to like try playing more and like, you know, adding some joy into your life and some more vibrancy. And I loved that idea, but I didn't know how do adults play? Like that's, that's a really cool idea, but how do adults play? Like that's traditionally something more for kids. So I started getting really interested in this idea of play and looking for resources. And all I could really find was like science behind play, which was exciting because it validated that play is actually really, really important for our brain health, our physical health, our relationships, like our creativity and so much. So it was like, great, but I was still like going back to this issue of how do I do it though? Like, I don't know how to play Um, because in that moment, and I was learning that For anyone who doesn't know, actually, what is play? Um, Play is connecting to your curiosity and spontaneity, and it's having fun for the sake of having fun, and it's not about an outcome. It's actually really a mindset. So to know if you are playing, only you can say, but it's like, can you genuinely say you're having fun, win or lose? You're curious, right? So it's like playing a board game could be play, but if you're going to have a terrible time, if you lose, you're actually like straying away from the true spirit of play. You're going more to perfectionism. And that was me. I was super competitive. I was like into competitive dance. Like I was into like cornhole and stuff, but it was like, I couldn't have fun if I didn't lose. I was just like, took everything so seriously, essentially. So I wanted to learn how to play in a more lighthearted way where I didn't feel like I had to constantly prove my worth. Uh, which was greatly subconsciously. Um, and yeah, so I I just went on this like play journey and I kind of announced to myself, like I'm going on a play journey. I'm going to try playing every day and see what happens with no intention of starting a business at all. And I started doing this and was connecting to my inner child, little Kara. And I just noticed that as I was playing, my whole life changed. Like I became so much more creative and confident and like healthier. I felt like the healthiest I had ever felt before. Um, more joyful, like my connections with people were changing as well, because I was changing. And 
from there, I just knew that, oh, okay, this is way bigger than I thought it was. And I need to bring this to people. And, you know, it kind of started then as this business idea. And I was like, okay, I think I'm meant to bring play to adults, um, which also brought up like a ton of other, you know, mindset. And like, then I noticed the perfectionism was really there because, you know, there was the procrastination, the imposter syndrome, not feeling good enough, not feeling ready, all that fun stuff. So um, there was a lot to work through. Oh, girl, you are speaking it all. I love it. And I love that you're just so honest about it. And I feel like that's the first step for us, right? It's like, we have to get honest with ourselves and where we're at and how we feel. And, you know, you, you touched on something that we touched on a lot of things, but you touched us specifically and initially about the fact that, you know, when your therapist said you had to have player to, to consider bringing in more play into your life. And you're like, wait a second, <laughs> how do I do that as a grown up? Because, you know, I know through some of the work that I've been doing and what I help other women with is like, you know, we kind of got to the stage in life where we were told that we had to grow up, right? We couldn't have fun and play anymore. It was immature and it was, it was a waste of time and it was frivolous and that we needed to focus and get these things done. And, and all of our worth is tied to outcomes, right? Not just enjoyment, but, you know, this is get the work done and don't forget, get the work done first. And then maybe you can have a little bit of fun, but not too much <laughs> because how would that look if you have too much fun? So um, I'm curious, like, first of all, you were finding yourself in this time, literally as the pandemic began, <laughs> like March 20, you said March 2020 is when you got let go from your job, which was clearly a godsend that was meant to happen for you and push you in this direction. I have no doubt. Um, but so we're in this time, we're in lockdown and you have to be playful <laughs> or you're trying to be playful. So I'm even just curious from a clearly a curiosity standpoint, what were some of the things that you did for fun to play in a time where there wasn't really a lot of allowance for play? What did that look like for you? Yeah. So like I was in quarantine, but as I had mentioned, I had never felt so free. Like when I was finally out of this corporate job and there's nothing wrong with corporate, if that's like, you know, the path that you feel called to, I just knew it wasn't for me. And so there was just this feeling of like freedom and openness and peace. I had never felt like maybe I felt it as a young kid, uh, but up until that point. So I think like I was actually feeling pretty good in many ways, like when I wasn't letting, you know, the scarcity mindset take over and like, oh my God, financially, like, what are we going to do all of that? But there was just this part, this like deeper knowing within me that was like, this is a good thing. Trust this. And so I think that probably played into it that I was just more open and uh, I was just like spending time with my inner child and like journaling a lot and thinking about little Kara and like things she might've wanted to do. And then one thing that came up for me was I hadn't done art since like, I don't know, grade two. Like I avoided art because I thought I was really quote unquote bad at it. And I remember experiences in school, like I was so fully in my full expression and self-expression and I would draw things out of the lines and just like be really big and out there. And like, that was a bad thing. I had to draw in the lines. I had to do the assignment exactly this way, right? So school will often condition your creativity, your self-expression out of you. Uh, not all schools, but uh, the one I went to definitely did. And so I had learned that, okay, well, I'm not good at art. So why would I do it? Like, there's this idea mm -hmm. we only do things we're good at. Um, so then I just realized like, okay, so I don't paint, I don't draw, I do any of this, but like, why? Because I'm not good at it. Like someone is saying that I have to be like, that's weird. Play should really just be about your own self-expression and allowing yourself to explore. And I was learning, okay, it's not about an outcome. So let me try going back to art where it's not about an outcome. And then the idea that popped in my head was, okay, I'm going to start by getting a blindfold. And so I would do blindfolded drawing. And that was really my introduction because when I put the blindfold on, that inner critic, that perfectionism was being silenced, right? That critical voice that wants to judge or shame everything you're creating, it was gone. And so I was just like super in the moment and the creation just became about creating for the sake of it, not trying to make it look a certain way. And so it was so deeply healing doing this blindfolded drawing and like that already started really loosening the grips of perfectionism because I started having fun. I started caring less about like proving worth and I really started meeting who I really was. Uh, so I always recommend that as like the first thing that just came, came to me on that journey um, because that really started, you know, changing my relationship with perfectionism. 
Wow. Awesome. And you had so much like, even I had mentioned earlier, it's like you, all these things, it was like, it was like everything tumbled on top of each other, you know, like the, the breakup and the loss of job and all of these things happening all at the same time. So like, first, I just want to say how proud I am of you for like picking yourself up clearly with the support of a therapist, which is, I mean, I highly recommend that always as a support person. Um, but you know, you really picked yourself up and were able to start doing these things and it, it, you know, I'm sure it just started to snowball. So like what sorts of things after that, you know, you started this painting with a blindfold and kind of where did that, where did that go to before, of course, the business concept even came into, you know, uh, creation or idea, uh, where did that go to? What other things did you create? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, so much stuff. Uh, another big one for me was movement because I was like a competitive dancer and like, I loved movement, but again, there was always this needing to like look good and do it. And then I would think back to like little me and, um, how my, you know, my parents would tell me that like, oh, you would always, you know, dance around the house, like animals. And I'm like, well, as an adult, I wouldn't do that. Or I was like, or would I? And so then I would <laughs> start dancing around my place like animals and like imagine that this, you know, kid self was with me and just, and it's not about like, you know, someone might hear that and be like, I don't want to do that. That's weird. But it's like the freedom that that gives you when you start mm. dancing around like animals is just amazing. And um, funny enough, there's a story tied to that. Like 2018, I was in this Luminato production in Toronto and it was age nine to 93. So, and it was like 200 of us across all generations. It was really cool. And for our very first warm up, and we were doing a dance, it wasn't like super serious though, but uh, for our warm up, they had actually asked us to um, jump around and trot like a horse in this gymnasium. And at the time I'm like not connected to play at all. And like, this was so uncomfortable for me. And I was just like, I don't want to do this at all. This is so weird. But then there were these women and they were like seventies, eighties, sixties, and they were all like linking arms and they were just started like neighing and like, you know, just trotting around and they were having the best time. Like they were laughing and it was just like, okay, so that's what I want. Like, I want that freedom and that joy. Like that looks so good because at that time I was so motivated and worried what people thought of me. Um, so like that memory came to mind too. And so I really started just like doing that free uninhibited movement to find that joy, find that where I don't have to keep filtering myself and be like, yeah, just so driven by perfectionism. So that was super healing. And, you know, I started doing like another good one for perfectionism is finger painting finger painting is fantastic. Um, it's so funny. A lot of my clients will like dread finger painting. They're like, oh, it's so messy. The cleanup, I'm not going to like it. But like, as soon as you start doing it, it just feels so good. And it's like so freeing and so liberating. Um, so yeah, just the more I did everything that, like you said, it just started building and building to be like, oh my gosh, adults need this. Yeah. And it's like excuse to be messy. It's like, you know, we're, we're put, I always talk about like all the boxes, right. We're put in all these boxes as we're growing up, whether that's through family unintentionally, but that's through, you know, family and the institution of school and like all these different things that put us in these boxes and give us these expectations that we feel we need to fulfill. And, um, I love how you've really essentially over time, slowly started to erase those boxes. And I love how you talked about, um, and I want you to go a little deeper into like, what does it mean to tap into your inner child? I'd like you to express that to our audience, but you know, that you related back to that you went back to, okay, what would, what would little Kara want to do? It's funny. Cause my very first episode, when I launched this podcast, I told the story about how, when I was a little girl, six or seven years old, I used to make myself my own paper microphones with like a, a toilet paper handle. And like, as the, um, at the top was like aluminum foil in a bunch. And I would like tape it together and, you know, I actually built one it's around here somewhere, but so I could be reminded of that. And every time I doubt myself or every time I, you know, fear that I'm doing the wrong thing, it's like, no, 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 you're actually doing what your child self really wanted, right? Like I acted out all these, you know, performances and I would like be on talk shows with people, like with my stuffed animals and I would, you know, do all that fun stuff when I was a kid. And it's so funny how it took me so much of my life to actually come back to a microphone. And it's so funny. Cause like, there's been periods of time where, all of a sudden I'll get in front of a crowd and someone gives me a microphone and I'm like, oh, I dig it. Right. Like <laughs> I really enjoyed it, but I was like, what is this? Anyway? It's just, it's just silly. It's just silly. This isn't for me until now realizing that this is actually a really big part of 
what play is for me and enjoyment is for me and to share my voice. And that was in me from a really young child. So, um, so I'm curious from you, even, you know, I'm like relating to you, actually, it's, I just have to say for a second, I digress because you were talking about how you were in PR as a, as a role in your career previous to your playful warrior. And I also was in public relations ah, <laughs> prior yeah, so funny. There's a lot of neat little connections between us. It's no wonder I resonated with you so quickly online. Um, but yeah, so I'm curious if you can express to our um, our followers or those who are listening, um, what does it mean for you to tap into your inner child? And how do you even start that? Like, because I'm sure people here, we hear this term all over the place, right? And not everybody's tuned in to what that even means. So if you can help us understand. Yeah, I love this. So your inner child is basically your subconscious mind. So we all have this kid self within, um, essentially it's like our inner seven-year-old and they're in this part of our brain that really drives our everyday behavior. Like 95% of what we're doing every day is actually driven by our inner child. Like all of the beliefs we adopted as kids when we couldn't, you know, we didn't have the ability to really think in this critical way, we took everything personally, we thought in black and white. So a lot of us as kids learned like, you know, to be good, I have to do things a certain way. Like love is conditional. Love is based on what I do or don't do. You know, my worth is in my productivity and achievements and all this thing. So that is why we are so hardwired now with perfectionism and achievement, um, because it's being actually driven subconsciously by the kid within. And so I think that's like most simple way to put it. So when you're seeing like adults have maybe tantrums or, um, you know, maybe they're acting out in some kind of childish way. It's because they have this kid within with unresolved healing to do, um, you know, unresolved emotional, physical experiences uh, that, which is why it's so important to start connecting with this kid within because it will really heal your relationships, your relationship to self, your career, like everything. It is so powerful. So it's so funny because I think inner child healing, it can sound like, oh, your inner child, that's silly. Uh, but it's actually like so meaningful to do this work. And so the way I started was yeah, I would start visualizing. I would do meditations, like picturing me with little me. And it can be any age, like maybe two, three, four, five, whatever pops up. And if some people don't have memories as well, or so you could just imagine like a photo of you as well, or you can just imagine how it would feel to be with little you and just like listening to them to, you know, mm. to hear, do they have anything to say? Like, what do they want? And at first it can be really hard. Like, you know, they, they can tell you just how ashamed maybe they feel, how abandoned they felt from you. You know, um, I know my inner child felt super abandoned. I really resonated with your story about uh, speaking as a little kid, like as a young kid, like I wanted to be an actress. Like I loved acting and theater and drama, but then I felt like I was too much. And uh, I was actually a public speaker, funny enough, as a kid too, and did really well, but then got bullied for that. So I was like, I want nothing to do with public speaking, nothing to do with acting and just like suppressed it all down. And so my healing has been like returning to that and making silly reels and acting on Instagram and now speaking as well. And it's like, that has been so healing in terms of listening to little me and like, what did they want when I had that like wonder for life and that spark for life and that sense of playfulness and returning to that has been super healing. Um, but inner child healing isn't always like playful, right? It can mean uh, setting a boundary, maybe saying no, like, it's like, you're starting to be your own parent, essentially, like you are parenting yourself first and foremost, and taking care of yourself as if you were, you know, a young human. So, so often, if you're telling yourself like, oh my God, I look like shit or things like that. It's like, get a young picture of you. It's like, would you say that to a four or five-year-old kid? Like, probably not. And so it helps you to start being kinder to yourself as well. And like, even when I would start creating art, I would get a picture of little me and just like, feel like we're connected and feel like, you know, oh, this can be silly. You know, I'm not going to expect a four or five-year-old to come up with some kind of perfect creation. Um, so yeah, I feel like I could go so many places with that, but that came up first. Yeah, no. And I love, uh, I love how you described all of that. And, you know, cause I think too, um, so many people don't maybe realize how impactful it is to go back. Cause it feels painful to go back. Like I remember when we were kids, it's like, we didn't talk about anything as a family. It's like, you know, here's the rug, there it goes. 
<laughs> you know, we didn't really talk about anything. And I think that just the generation of parents we came from weren't really self-aware, right? Weren't aware of how they were conditioning us. They were just doing what they were taught to do, right? They were just doing what they had learned to do. And so we often do what we learn. And so we kind of go into this, you know, it's like a pre-programmed, you know, program that we keep replaying, replaying, replaying. So going back to that version of ourselves when those things were happening and when those roots were being planted, it's like being able to uproot them and go, no, 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 it's okay. Like you can play, you can continue to do this. You can forgive yourself for, you know, falling into the trap of what the adults wanted from around you, right? Because that's what they thought was best. That's the way that they thought that it was supposed to work because that's what they were taught to do, right? So I think that there's just so much opportunity and it doesn't all have to be painful. I think there is a lot of pain when it comes to going back to our history. And I think a lot of people avoid it because it's hard work to do. Um, but, you know, I, I know, and I know my perspective of this, but I would love to hear yours, you know, having come through, you know, being in this corporate job, everything's sort of like falling apart and leaning back into this inner child and doing the work, although it was hard, what have been some of the greatest outcomes of you doing this work for yourself? Because I think that most of us need to see more proof of what the good outcome is, right? We have lots of proof of when we don't do the work. We have lots of proof about what that looks like. But I'd love to hear from you some of the really great things that have come out of you leaning into that, overcoming those thoughts and beliefs of your inner child and moving into this direction you're in now. Oh, thank you for asking that. I just had this like full body, like just like wave of love happen, which was so lovely um, because it's so nice to like, yeah, celebrate your wins and check in and be like, what has this gotten me? Um, I think like so much creativity like I didn't even consider myself that creative when I was in that corporate job. And when I went on this path of connecting to my inner child, like I have ideas all the time. Like I feel so wildly creative and just have so much going on. And I'm so grateful for that. Like my imagination is so vivid and yeah, I just feel so grateful to have this like untapped limited list potential because uh, yeah, especially in like corporate setting, I even used to struggle in brainstorms to come up with like one idea. And now it's like so opposite of that. Um, I think there's this feeling of fulfillment also, which I've been reflecting on recently, which I never felt ever before because I always knew I wasn't doing what I was meant to do. And it's like now, no matter what happens, right? It's like kind of back to that outcome. I just know that I'm going for it. I feel so fulfilled. I feel so deeply proud of myself that I can live with no regrets now because I fully went for it. I There was so much disapproval, which I, I don't even think I mentioned. Like I had family stop talking to me when I started this business. Um, it was really challenging because, you know, I had this new identity for them and it was unfamiliar. And um, it was, you know, I guess not, uh, not secure potentially. And so, um, just the fact that I kept going because I had this like inner child within me, my soul was telling me it was the right thing. I wasn't always getting validation for it, but the fact that I kept going, there's just like this feeling of, yeah, just fulfillment. Um, I've never experienced anything like it before. And it's just, it's so beautiful. And like entrepreneurship has so many hard moments too, but like, I keep going back to this and just this idea of living with no regrets is so cool. Um, and then other than that, like I get, I have clients from all over the world, which is so cool. I get to bring people together from like the wildest, farthest countries. Like it's so, so fun to like actually just seeing adults play and be joyful. It's like my favorite thing ever. It's so cute and just so fun. And the world needs more love. So like, that is the biggest gift. Um, yeah. And I've got to do things I never thought I would like going on TV a lot and working with some huge people and just like things again, that like, if I had told myself that three years ago, you know, I'm, I might not have even believed people. Um, and now, well, so yeah, I was going to say like, imagine if you listen to the naysayers, if you decided to not follow what was in you because the people around you were either judging it, unfamiliar with it, uncomfortable with it, whatever it was, um, you know, imagine if you didn't like you would still now like three years of, cause I hear people say all the time, oh, well, I'm, I'm already 50. Like I'm just, it's fine. I'm fine. I'll be fine. And it's like, but you could live for another 50 years. Totally. <laughs> Do you want to just be fine and like keep your dreams on hold and have this like constant burning in you to do something more? Like it just is so painful. And I, I think like there's such a lesson in this, you know, both of our stories actually reflect a lot of this is that 
you know, I think that we, this is what we learn when we're really young is that we have to fit in, right? We have to do like others are doing and we have to always fit again, that box. And so when you're like, I know, even as a kid, I certainly didn't fit the box. <laughs> like I was like always playing and coloring outside the lines, very similar to you. And, um, but where was I going with this? Well, I think what I was coming with this, I lose track of thought all the time. It's like, oh, we're go down this like a rabbit hole. Oh, wait, I'm over on this rabbit hole. Let's go back to this one. Um, is that, uh, you know, I think a lot of people stop themselves because they're afraid of what the people around them are going to think. And like what you already talked about is, you know, losing the people, right? Like if I do this thing, no one likes it. Like I am going to lose people. And so I'm just curious about your experience with that. How did you talk yourself, walk yourself, emotionally support yourself, inner child yourself through the time when people were literally like walking away? You're, one of the greatest fears that people have is exactly what happened to you. So um, how did you move through that? How did that, how did you, how did you get there? I think having a really strong why and like a vision it, that, that making the vision so freaking compelling that you keep going and just like imagining what it could be like. Um, I did do like a lot of mindset work. I don't think I mentioned, I'm also a hypnotherapist. So I was doing a lot of like hypnosis and just like, yeah, visualizing, imagining, seeing it happen is just like feeling how it would feel if I did have my dreams come true. And like, it was just so compelling. And also knowing that, okay, if I have this idea, I have it for a reason. And I know there's other people who need it too. Um, because I could see things online. Like I was, you know, doing market research and seeing that like, yeah, people are really disconnected from play. People are really struggling with perfectionism and things. And like, I know I can help them. And just like, you know, just having that kind of guide me, but then also really just being like, okay, I've abandoned myself my whole life. Um, it's finally time to show up for that kid within. And I just know that like showing up for you can never be a bad decision. It's always going to work out. Um, it might not work out how you think it's going to work out and look bricks. We love to control things and think we know exactly it's going to go. That's not how it works, <laughs> but, uh, it's like, it ultimately will work out how it's supposed to, like, I believe, and you'll just learn so much along the way. And also I think reminding myself, it actually wasn't personal when mm. someone was rejecting me. It's like, they, when someone says something's impossible, they really mean it for them, not you. And it's like all based on their own projections. Um, I actually remember, so I was really worried about like when people in PR found out I was going to be a play and mindset coach, because it was like such a 180. And then I remember <laughs> getting this uh, LinkedIn message from someone I used to work with in PR. And they were like, oh, this is so exciting. I'd love to get on a call to learn more. And I was like, great. Um, and we get on the call and it's like, he's not there to congratulate me. He's like, wow, like, so shocked you're doing this it's like I really just didn't expect this like and he was like you know I just I can't believe you're leaving PR like I, I just didn't see this as a fit for you and it's like oh my gosh like you know like that that was challenging but at the same time I just reminded okay like he has this vision of me um but it's like identity can always change right and so reminding myself that like okay, so he sees me one way, but like identity isn't something you just have. And that's what it is forever. You can change your identity at any time. And so really just changing how I saw myself was really, really important too. And like having that internal kind of compass. Mm, I love that. And, you know, too, like, I think it's really important for, you know, those who are listening. And I talk about this a lot too, on the podcast and with the women I chat with, but like, you know, it's really one step at a time, right? You don't go from here to here overnight doesn't happen overnight it it it's a constant trust that you're showing up for you because you haven't had that opportunity or taken that opportunity or been encouraged to show up for yourself this whole time right yeah. and so now you finally get to show up for yourself and you just take one little baby step which i think at first feels so impossible right like yeah. i'm sure the overwhelm was magnificent when all of your world was crashing down um, but, you know, we talk to people all the time. We hear stories all the time of people that, you know, what came through the rubble and, and rose and became and reinvented themselves and did amazing things. And I think you're proof of that. You're more proof of someone taking what probably would be seen by a lot of people as, you know, oh no, she lost her job. Now, what is she going to do? How can I help you find another job doing what you were doing before? Right? Oh, yeah. Like I get a lot of that too. <laughs> oh yeah. Tons of that. Right. Yeah. 
But I love how you talked about how, you know, you can change anytime you want. You can change your identity anytime you want. You can reinvent yourself anytime you want. We are never stuck in anything just because we made a decision once doesn't mean we have to stick with that decision forever. We can change our minds. We evolve. We can change. That's yeah. the, and that's the thing with uh, perfectionists is it's like we often think in all or nothing and we don't mm. realize that we can always change our mind. Like we think things are so final and that's why also play has been so powerful. It's like, okay, life is now a playful experiment. You know, it's not every decision I make is not so serious. I'm not going to win all the time. And like, I don't even believe in failure, right? Like if there is, you know, it's just feedback and you're just learning. Um, so when I started seeing like my business more, as just like, I'm making all these playful decisions and it's this playful experiment. Um, it was just a lot easier than just all mm. the pressure that perfectionism and this all or nothing. Um, I also love what you were saying about um, just like small baby steps, right? Like small turtle steps. Like that is exactly it. Because I know I used to like, when I first started out, I would like do an event and I was doing some events for free at the time. And like, I would do it. And then I would like, okay, where's all the opportunities? Like the next day, I'm just like expecting them all to come and they're not. And they're like, oh my God, am I failing? But it's like, no, like things take time. It's like the compound effect, just like keep going every day, very small steps. Um, and it'll happen, baby. Mm, yeah. Planting those seeds is so important. Like it takes time yes. to build. I know it's funny because like, and I want to come back to, cause I want to hear your definition of perfectionism because I know what I used to think it was. And now I know what I think it is now. Um, but I'd love to hear your perspective on that. I feel like we probably have a similar mindset about that. Um, and of course now I forget where I was going to digress to. So <laughs> I recently learned that this is actually, um, a symptom of perimenopause. Did you know that? the no, forgetful mind and brain fog. Yeah. So little, little side story that perimenopause is like so real and affects us in so many more ways than you would think. Like it's not just hot flashes and lack of sleep. It's like all kinds of things. Anyways, I'm just building in a little buffer for myself. So when people listen to this, they go, Oh, okay. Christine's just having a perimenopause moment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just let it go again. It's imperfect. It doesn't matter. I always say like I self-produce, I don't plan a thing. I come in here and speak from the heart and I love that you're doing the same. And, uh, you know, this is where real natural girlfriend conversation happens, right? This is where we can say the things like, we're not, we're not predetermining what we're going to say or how it's going to come out or like what the people are going to think. We're just like, Hey, let's sit down and shoot the shit. Like, let's just talk. Right. Yeah, I love that because people don't want to be around robots. I know like ChatGPT is big right now, but people want like human connection. <laughs> so it's true. so much more interesting. And I even sometimes will go on podcasts where they'll say like, oh, if you make a mistake, just like re-say it or feel free. And I'm like, no, just like keep it in because I want to show people that you can speak imperfectly. Like you're not going to speak the right way all the time. And that's okay because so many people are waiting until they're perfect or good enough to start something. They just feel like they're not ready yet, but it's like, no, you can be imperfect and be successful. Oh be, my God. You can yes. be imperfect and confident. Like I'm a confident person, but I'm also imperfect. Like the two can coexist. Yes. It's, but it does take time to, yeah. again, it's like you said, it's that mindset shift, right? It's like, if that we have to shift the, the way that, that, and how the neurons fire, like quite literally, so that we can change how we're looking at things and how we, um, are rewiring all of those things that we thought and we can plant new things. So we're going to come back to my question, which I somehow went off the rails on and didn't come <laughs> back to until now, which is, you know, what is your definition of perfectionism? Because I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding out there about what that is, right? Like I remember when the first time someone brought it to my attention, I was like, I'm not a perfectionist. Like I don't do anything great. Like I'm, I, I'm not super detail oriented. So how can I possibly be a perfectionist? Right. So, so I would love for you to be able to tell our listeners what your definition is of perfectionism. Yeah, I think really simply being perfect being a perfectionist is when you are ashamed that you're not good enough. There's this constant narrative that you're not good enough, what you're doing is not enough, you might not look good enough, um you're not productive enough. It's just the not enough narrative going on all the time. So it's like perfectionists don't actually think they're perfect. Um they're ashamed they're not perfect and I think for me, that was really, really eye openings like you, you know, I thought, well, I'm not perfect. I've never been perfect, but it's like, no, there's this, I'm on this hamster wheel of just trying to prove myself, prove that I'm worthy. And it's like this belief essentially that in your subconscious mind that you aren't worthy. 
and you can just never feel satisfied. It's this constant like rat race trying to get to some objective where you'll finally feel happy, but that's never going to happen. Oh yes. The ceiling of happiness Mm -hmm. The I'm going to get this thing and then I will be happy. I will get the job and then I will be happy. I will get the boyfriend and I will be happy. La-di-da-di-da. It just doesn't work like that. And I, I love, you know, the more and more that I talk to people and predominantly I talk to women in this space and a lot of entrepreneurs who have invented themselves often again from this rubble, you know, we rise and we create something (laughs) new. And, um, but you know, so many people are like, oh, but I'm not an entrepreneur. And I'm like, "Mm, I actually would challenge that a little. And the reason I challenge that a little is because I think that all of us, A, have the ability to be creative, to tap back into our child and playful like selves and to try trust what's going on with us and to not know what that outcome is going to be, which we've brought up a couple of times already in this conversation. And I can already sort of see your story unfolding. And just for anybody who's listening, who maybe hasn't seen it yet, it's like, you didn't come in to plan this role for yourself. You didn't decide, okay, I don't have a job anymore. So I'm going to go and be this playful person, right? (laughs) And I'm going to show other people how to be playful. No, like you just, you just started to focus on you and rebuild you and have fun with you. And then, and then I'm guessing, and I'd love for you to tell us that, boom, all of a sudden one day you're like, oh, well, shit, I could actually do this to help other people because I've just helped do it for myself. Yeah. Now I can, now I can help others and that there's not a plan. It's not like a here, check this box, then check this box. Oh, okay. I am meeting my timeline on that one. Oh, deadline (laughs) check. Right. Like people ask me all the time. They're like, okay, but what are your five-year plan? I'm like, five-year plan. What? I I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow sometimes. So like, there is no five-year plan. Like I want it to unfold. Right. Oh my God. Yes. So much could change. It's so hard for me to answer that question too. And like, even when I launched, it's like, I first was just one-on-one coaching and that was it. And that's all I was focused on. I didn't have like other plans for expansion or anything. It was just that. And then I started getting questions from people like, Oh, do you do anything with couples or families or like frontline workers? Like opportunities just started coming and I was saying yes to stuff. And then after a while people were like, okay, do you do groups? Like, I'd love to actually do this in like groups. So it was just things kept evolving, but I had no idea how it would look today. Right. It just, I took daily, these daily little steps and eventually like, yeah, the feedback came and I learned and I grew, but yeah, there was no plan at all. No. And it sounds like, you know, you started leaning into Kara Mm -hmm. and started showing up for Kara and started being fulfilled and enjoying life more and just showing up that then the things started to show up to support you in this journey, right? It's like, I always tell people, it's like, that's kind of how you know you're on the right track. It's like, if you're doing something and it just feels good, follow the feel good. It might scare you a whole shit ton, but right. It, uh, not might, it will scare you. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like, fear and excitement together. It's like a sandwich. It's like the fear, <laughs> fear excitement sandwich. Yeah. And, and that's when, you know, you're on the right track, but all of the things just start coming. And like you said, even earlier, it's like, you know, you don't know exactly what's coming next. And even when you plan it, even like, even when you go, okay, so in the next three months, this is what I'd like to do. And then all of a sudden something comes and derails and at first you're like, what is happening? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, because that had to show up. And when that showed up, that was actually a better fit for me anyway. So instead of pushing for this thing that wasn't coming together for me and like stressing myself out over it, I just flowed with what came my way. And it sounds like, it sounds like that's what's also happened with you. Totally. And I also do want to say that like, I quote unquote failed a lot. It's not like I just started and was like so successful and all these opportunities came out. Like I was constantly putting myself out there and I was getting a lot of no's, like no's for speaking engagement, no's for organizations, like all the time, but I just didn't let it mean anything about me or my success or what was possible for me because I was still, you know, getting some yeses, but it's like, you are going to get so many no's too, if you start, but it's like you said, then in like six months, who knows what opportunity might find you. So just like, don't let the no's stop you. If you really have that deep soul calling, um, because I think if anything, it just, it just makes you stronger. Right. And like, now I don't take things as personally, like, oh my gosh, when I first started, it was like unsubscribes were so hard for me, like on my mailing list. Cause it's like, you're so connected to your work now. Like before, if I represented a product, like I don't know. I'm not super passionate about that, but like this work, I'm so passionate about. I feel like it's me. And so things used to feel so personal. So it's just like a lot of things take time. Right. And just knowing, but 
Don't give up is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Oh, I love this. I love this so much. So then I am just like, so then, so then when, when, um, what was like, what was the, Oh, this is what I'm going to do. Like what sort of came to you just that moment? I'm just curious moment moments. It could even be a collection of moments, but what came, what came to you? Yeah. So funny enough, actually, this is a good story. I, the first idea that came to me was like, I was meditating. I had done some like play that day and then I was meditating and the name, the playful warrior came up to me. And, um, first of all, that just kind of meant like, I had felt like this warrior, which many of us are like resilient on this journey and realizing that playfulness and like playful resilience was actually what was going to get me through it and like help me really return to myself. So that came. And then this vision of a adult, like playroom came to me. So at the time I was living in a one bedroom uh, with my cockroach infestation. So I had to get the heck out of there. (laughs) And I had this idea. So my actual, my business was an in-person idea. Like I was going to create this sensory room for adults to go to, to connect with their inner child and like tap into all five senses so that they could really be in their body, like get out of their head, get it in their body and start healing and like, yeah, have this like playful experience. So all of my coaching was going to be in person. I then ended up like finding a place for that. I moved, I was in a two bedroom and I started like doing all this work, but at the same time, this is like when COVID is happening. Right. And so you think COVID's just going to be like a month, max two months. And cause I wanted to bring people in person. And then I just realized like, Oh, like this is not going away. Like I need to adapt. I have to pivot. And so what came after that was I then ended up creating what I called the play box and a playbook. And so this was a box full of sensory playful items that I would actually send out to any client with a playbook where I would take them through playful exercises for them and their inner child. Um, And that way it was like, I actually could work with now pretty much anyone where I could ship this box to. I wasn't restricted to just Toronto, Uh, but it's so funny because I was clinging on to my in-person playroom for so long. Like I was so attached to it. I was so sad to leave it. Um, but that now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I pivoted. Like, it's so cool how many countries I've worked with. And also it's kind of nice to have my own space and that like people aren't coming in here all the time. So, um, it ended up working out, but yeah, that was like the first idea that came from, that came to mind. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. And you know, <laughs> it's funny cause you, you mentioned earlier and I am in full agreement that it all boils down to your why and what you're doing and this like constant, you know, sometimes I call it an inner nag because sometimes it feels like a nag, but it's like, okay, right, right. We're doing this because this is what feels right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, but it is, it's like this inner draw and the why is so strong. And the more that you build, the more that why becomes stronger so that when you have to do all these pivots or do all these things to change your direction, because this way isn't working, I have to now shift gears and go this way. You can do it. You can bend and flow because you're not expecting that perfection or that outcome right? You're just, you're learning to bend and flow with it. Um, Kara, I feel like you and I could sit in here and chat all day. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I would love to do that. And maybe we can have you back uh, another time in the future as well. But I would love to just ask, you know, is there any maybe last thoughts you want to leave with our listeners? Um, Maybe even just a couple of tips to help them get out of the, the, I always say the funk that you're in, you know, Um, how to start playing. What are a couple of things that you might leave with our, with our listeners? Yeah. So one thing I think is like knowing that play isn't an activity, it's a mindset. So, so often we'll think of play and work as separate. And you had mentioned at the beginning how like you work and then maybe you play a little bit, but not too much. And it's like, you can actually invite play into your work day. So start bringing like play into the work you're doing. Like I mentioned, like playful brainstorming. Um, One of the things that really helps me if you're like stuck in a problem, this doesn't matter what like any industry, whatever, um, you start coming up with solutions for a problem that don't make any sense at all, that are just like so weird and so silly. And the reason you do that is to get out of that stuck energy and into this like lighter, more open energy that's then going to be more available to solutions. Um, So, so often it feels counterintuitive, but it's like if you were stuck in a problem, literally go play, like bring some playfulness to it, or maybe like do like a shaking meditation. I love those. Those are really great to like shake off problems, shake your energy, get re-energized, I think is really, really helpful. And so that mindset has, again, just like made work so much lighter for me too, that I can add play to it. 
um, yeah, whenever you get home, if you've had like a weird encounter, weird day, like shake it off, that can be super helpful to get in your body. Uh, also, I would say if anyone is feeling like they're not playful or like this seems really inaccessible to them, um, know it is possible to change. And uh, it is very possible, like we we're saying, to change your identity anytime. This used to be really uncomfortable for me like extremely uncomfortable. Um, so the fact that it feels uncomfortable does not mean it's not meant for you. It means it is meant for you, right? There's parts within you that are having some resistance, um, but the resistance means it's an important part for your healing. At least that's what it meant mm. for me. Absolutely, absolutely. And usually that resistance is those voices and those voices are often not our voices or our beliefs. So oh. the ones that, right, that came and attached to us from a really young age. Well, those are really great tips. Thank you so much. So Kara, if our followers or listeners would like to find you and learn more about you, how would they do that? Yeah, check out my Instagram, The Playful Warrior. Uh, me and my inner child make lots of fun videos about perfectionism and play. Uh, I also have a group coaching program called Wild and Worthy. You can learn more on my website, theplayfulwarrior.com, um, which is a really beautiful experience that dives into your subconscious mind and you actually play live with other humans and it's super healing. And I do one-on-one -on -one coaching as well. I also have some other random offers you can find on my website, everything from like a $5 playful morning routine um, to there's actually a free tapping as well, EFT tapping to help you tap away perfectionism and invite more play. And so you can find everything at theplayfulwarrior.com. Mm, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Kara, for coming and chatting with me. It's been an absolute delight to have you here. Thank you. This has been so great. And yeah, thank you so much for everything you're doing and your energy and you're so awesome. And yeah, it was just the best chatting. Yeah, this is a, this is a good vibe room, a good vibe zoom room. Good I vibes. like it. Feeling it. Yes. I like it. So for our listeners, thank you so much for being here. And I hope that I know, in fact, that this conversation lifted you out of your seat because I can feel the vibrational energy happening between <laughs> Kara and I in this conversation and the energy that exists in her and exists in me. So I know that it was a playful space for you to be in and to take a couple of those tips and a couple of those seeds that Kara planted for you today and try them because what have you got to lose, right? You've got nothing to lose. So we want to thank you for being here and we're so grateful for you and for your listening and for your going after what's inside of you to go after. Have yourself an awesome day and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'd like to invite you to hit the follow button on this podcast so you'll be notified when the next one drops. And if you liked this episode, please share it and leave a review as it will help others find this message. Find everything about my mission of helping women find more joy in their lives by visiting itsmechristinedee.ca. Thank you again. I'll see you next time.